All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast and or wraps up and it might be the best thing Star Wars has ever done. We talk about the very ambitious Netflix show Kaleidoscope and rewatch the Coen Brothers classic, The Big Lebowski. Here we go. Here we go. Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Feeling great, man. I'm so good. How are you? I am feeling wonderful. It is about to be December. By the time people are listening to this, it will be December. And Gross. I kind of I like this time of year, other than the big snowstorms. Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, and that's over with now. Um, Christmas is obviously up there because I have kids, I think. But like without that, it's just kind of a pain in the ass having to buy gifts for people and stuff. Is that Grinchy behavior? A little bit. That's a okay. Little. Okay. Well, I mean, your does your cheapness supersede your children's joy? I think yeah. is the ultimate question. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah. my my cheapness is deep down is a part of me. So, yeah, but well, look for at look at the anyways. just think think about like you watching them open an envelope and you're like that was 3 bucks. Watching them rip the paper apart, you're like that's 30 cents a roll. And then the <laughs> gift itself that you know they're only going to play with for two weeks and then never touch it again. Like mm-hmm, it's all mm-hmm. it's all just money right down the toilet. It is. It really is. Yeah, shit that they'll forget about in three days, anyways. All right. Wow. That was that was full. <laughs> kind of dark. Yeah. yeah, yeah sorry. All right. So uh, everyone, uh, let's keep it let's keep it happy and friendly by giving us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. I love that. I love that for you. Um, all right, guys, what are you drinking? I'm I'm back at the place I was earlier because it was expensive. Uh, mm-hmm. Celestial Paradox, the Double India Pale Ale from Toppling Goliath uh, in Iowa. What Decatur, Iowa, or something? Is that right? Decatur. That no, Decatur, that's right. Decora, Decora. Wow. I didn't know. I just guessed. Decora. Um, yeah, I'm just drinking Modelo. Just still drinking Modelo on my third. I had a Coors Light in the fridge, and I decided to go with my last uh, Are We Clear from Blackstack, because it's good. There we go. Would you say, though, that your favorite cheap beer is Coors Light? Cheap, Me? cheap beer, yeah. Otherwise, I, yeah. I do like the Modelo. Yeah. But like of the like staple cheap-ass beers, Coors yes. Light. Yeah, it's Coors Light for me. I think Coors Light's good. Um, I'm a Miller Lite guy from back in the day, so I'm good with it. Okay. So those, were those your NASCAR days? <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. Yeah, no, 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 bud. I don't like bud typically. All right, um, guys, here we go. We're going to start with Do We Care? First thing we're going to talk about this year's Oscars, okay? Mm-hmm. They were like, how can we top last year's Oscar? It was the talk of the world. It was the most popular Oscars of all time on social media. That's because if you guys remember the slap heard around the world when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock for making a G.I. Jane joke about his wife about will smith's wife uh jada who has very openly been cheating on will for years is that right did i miss any stuff uh it's called an entanglement eric and um this was hectic this was insane that it happened and this year they're like how can we one up that how can we beat that how can we beat the most talked about event of 2022 and they're going to do oscars 23 where they're going to present all 23 awards well on TV. why do you why do you think that is eric they want to televise the whole thing in case someone else gets the balls to run up on stage and slap True. the host in the face i mean they wouldn't want to miss this, one at this point did it did it help will or hurt him oh it hurt him bad 
You think so? Well, he's got this new movie coming out that nobody knew about because he's not really like doing press because he's in like his shame box. Um, but it's like this really, it's called emancipation. Have you seen a trailer for this thing? Uh-huh. It's Will no, Smith doing a strong, like African accent and he's a slave and I think Again? he gets free. Um, he's, it's going, he it's like this? A, yeah, it's an Apple to Apple plus movie. Is he, and, no, is he doing the concussion doctor accent again? Like dude, it's kind Southern of, Africa? Yes, and it didn't work yeah. out last time. So like, I mean, this movie couldn't be more serious and heavy, but I can't take it that seriously. Um, you know, I don't know. Will Smith is just not the same draw as he used to be. So we'll see. All right, well, Captain, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, what's the game? It's called Who Should Slap Someone at the Oscars, okay? Okay, Who would benefit from a slap? Like, who would get the career boost? Yeah, like, who needs it? Like, who is is it worth the risk? Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, come on. She doesn't need a slap. I think that, like, if Johnny, if they try to, like, honor Johnny Depp in some way, and then, like... Somebody went up and slapped the shit out of them. They'd be a hero. That would be unless great, it, wouldn't it? Unless it was what's her toes, Amber Heard. Then it might be yeah, Amber Heard. Amber Heard. Yeah, we yeah. don't want her involved with it. We, they're both toxic. Um, that would be okay. I think he deserves it because it is kind of funny to see Hollywood re-embracing Johnny Depp just because like he won a lawsuit against shittier lawyers. Like they're uh-huh. both trash <laughs> people. Like it's not like he's like vindicated of all abuse. Like she also abused me. Okay, I guess we'll. Welcome Dude, back. It was the trial of it was a it was a modern day OJ. She was doing cocaine on the stand. She was huffing glue from the Kleenex or whatever. There was something going on for sure. Okay, so who could benefit from this? Come on, there's got to be a couple actors or out there that who could benefit? Like who who would do the slapping or who would get yeah. slapped? Yeah, slapped someone and it was worth. Well, it who's their... who's the host? Like who's getting who's getting slapped? Hmm. I think I'm the slapping saying. is a bad look personally. Um, what if it's Jason Biggs? Jason Biggs. <laughs> Jason Biggs. I mean, no one's talking about here's, him, right? Here's the problem with a Jason Biggs slap. It doesn't make <laughs> why the news. Why is he? And why is he even there? TV and he no has... one would be like, even no one would care. Okay, how about this one? How about this one? Taylor Lautner slaps Robert Pattinson. Ooh, this is epic. That it brings people it, right, right back to the werewolf or the vampire side. Yes, I love Taylor that. Lautner has not been to the Oscars since 2014. You guys, yeah. Taylor Lautner um, married a woman named Taylor, and she took his last name, and they're both Taylor Lautner now. I like. I think I we spent that. too much time on this topic. You think? I think you didn't put enough effort into this topic. That's where I'm going. Well, All right, you blindsided uh, us with the who should who should get slapped by whom that would have benefit. We're like, well, I don't think anybody would. <laughs> Taylor Lautner would. All right, uh, here we go. Johnny Depp, keeping it. Johnny Depp uh, will return as Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, this, this sucks. I mean, we couldn't even finish the rewatch, so it's not like another one is going to pull us back in. And, it, you know, it's funny. A couple weeks ago, we covered a story where Margot Robbie was like, yeah, I guess my movie's not happening any, anymore. You know, she was going to do kind of like this female-led uh, Pirates movie. And I wonder why they canceled it. Hmm, because they were talking to Johnny Depp about him reprising. So I wonder if she'll be in this movie would be one of my guesses that maybe they blended this together yeah and i just wish that they would come out and say you know what we're sorry we want to make a great pirate movie that doesn't have to have too much magic in it because i think that that's what really pulled me out of these movies is like when it was just like governments in the military and other pirates chasing johnny depp i was like this is awesome yeah when everyone was like a dead person and a squid playing like an organ i was like eh yeah, and then like the giant Calypso, giant woman, all that stuff maybe didn't didn't play as well. Right? He didn't 
yeah, we didn't need it. All right. Um, so this doesn't move the needle for us at all. No, no, I don't. No. I mean, I, it's interesting, uh, but I'm not planning to watch this movie. Okay. What about the Mario trailer that dropped? Is Mario something in your future? Uh, dude, I think this looks great. I thought the teaser looked good. I think this trailer looks good. As somebody that's played like to completion, like 15, 20 Mario games over the course of whatever, including the latest, you know, Mario Odyssey was fantastic. I think I just love Mario. And like going, watching this trailer and seeing the, you know, all these little bits and pieces from the games pulled from here and here and this character and this character, dude, it just looks fun. It looks fun. Um, Charlie from uh, Always Sunny is, is Luigi and he sounds hilarious. I am actually looking forward to this. I, I know my kids are excited, so I'm like, okay, we get to go to this. But it is a theater-only movie. Are you Family Man Dad excited, or are you, like, like JC3, Jimmy Channels? I mean, JC3. Yeah, I'll bring the kids oh, if they're available. I, I, no, that'd be creepy, dude. You, can, <laughs> you, can't, you can't go to a kid's movie by yourself. Should I shave in the mustache before I go, or what? No, you can't yeah. do that. I'll bring my kids, you know, just so I can get in and people don't accuse me of anything. All right, what about turning back the clock to go to Mario, turning back the clock with Johnny Depp? Uh, what about turning back the clock to one of your guys' favorite shows, which was that 70s show? And uh, it's going to be that 90s show now. Uh, mm-hmm. How are you guys feeling about that? Um, not good, Bob. Not good, Bob. Um, like all of the reboots of television shows of the past, I don't think this is going to be successful. Um, they had to put red and kitty kind of front and center i think maybe to i mean maybe they were the funniest parts of the show i mean danny masterson is untouchable at this point like ashton kutcher is married to mila kunis so are they in it i don't don't know um fez probably fez probably hasn't worked since that 70s show ended wilmer valderrama right um he got punked um, I guess Topher Grace is, has done parts here and there. Um, obviously, you know, Spider-Man from our rewatch and um, Ocean's Eleven, but not a real big movie star. I guess he was in Seabiscuit maybe too. Anyway, uh, whatever. I I don't care about this show. I have no interest in watching it. I thought that 70s show was great. Um, that 80s show that tried to capture the magic of that lasted like four episodes. Um, I don't think this is going to be good at all. Yeah. I mean, this is like... Yeah, I try like I watched an episode of Fuller House just because I was curious, and it was so bad. And I don't expect anything better from this. Well, like that, the Will and Grace reboot, like all of that stuff from that era is just stupid. I mean, they're bringing Frasier back. Like, dude, just let it die. Let it die. All right. Um, yeah, I don't care about this at all. Uh, that '70s show was wonderful. I thought it was a great network comedy, um, perfect for the time. Uh, but yeah, this was a show we did, and I don't know why. Like. I think that uh, the the issue that we get into with these shows where there were these brilliant ideas that maybe could be rebooted is they want to connect them to the old show. Mm-hmm. And instead of just like doing a new version of the same show with different characters, starting the story over and telling it to a new generation would work just fine. Um, but instead they're like, well, we got to bring all the nostalgia in. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that one show? Um, Saved by the Bell. And then, like, the characters from Saved by the Bell were, like, the teachers and admin of the new school or something. Like, who the fuck wants to watch that? I don't want to see that. I wouldn't watch it anyway, but you could just make a new Saved by the Bell and just do the same story with the same messages and the same I mean, they kind of did that with The Fresh Prince. They total rebooted it and didn't try to have, you know, Will Smith in there. But then, you know, that didn't really do well either, so... 
Just come on, yeah, and stuff. if you're if and if you're gonna watch Saved by the Bell, you need to watch the YouTube channel Zach Morris is trash, um, or something like that, where it points out how what a piece of shit Zach Morris actually was to all of his friends and high school uh compatriots and females that he interacted with, yeah, and like how he manipulated them to do horrible things, like in his own best interest, and what a narcissist. Wow, I'm on it. I didn't even know any of that, but wow, okay, um. How about this, guys? Let's move on to something else from the past that they couldn't let die. That was Top Gun and the new Top Gun movie, Top Gun Maverick. It's returning to theaters for two weeks. Did you guys see this movie, and do you have interest in seeing it if you haven't? I want to see it, but I'm not going to go to the theaters to see it. I think it's going to be on Paramount in like a week or two. Maybe it's like the the, the 22nd of December or something, but I'm going to be able to see it soon, so I'm not going for it. I disagree. I think this is maybe not to the Dunkirk level, but I think that this is uh you should see it in the theater. And I didn't get a you chance to. Oh. No, I didn't get a chance to, but I really think like given all of the, you know, cool stuff we've heard about how they, you know, filmed, you know, the flight sequences and stuff like that probably would feel a lot better in the theater than it would watching on your own TV, but that could be argued either way, I think. Are you going to go? Yes. I oh, you are going to go. So this is yeah. good news for you. Yes, I'm excited. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, hit me up. Let me know when you're heading. Maybe I can make it. Ooh. We could bring rekindle, it back. Rekindle the love. Rekindle the love. <laughs> Don't let that go. Hard house. All right, guys. Uh, what, hey, well, wait. Uh, just real quick. What was the whole process for you guys there? Where did you go? So, yeah, it'd be like a like a Friday half day. There we okay. go. So then, yeah, we, we meet up at Yard House generally in the West. Is it West End, Ryan? West End, yeah. yep. West End, right? The nice AMC, or is it, I don't know, Carousel, I don't know, Showplace? Showplace, maybe. Showplace Icon. Showplace yes. Icon, yeah. And then, yeah, and then it's like, you know, then you get a double pour of a nice McAllen. Um, we have the VIP seats, good. the VIP seat, VIP reserved seats upstairs, reclining leather with our own little tables. We could get pizza, nachos, whatever you wanted. They had... I mean, for movie theater food, I would say it's pretty solid. It was good. Um, and, like, typically, I, I there was a point in time where I had a lot of, like, rewards through Fandango that <laughs> I would get, like, five bucks off movie tickets. So Jimbo and I would save, like, if we went on a Friday afternoon at 1 o'clock, that's technically, like, a matinee show, we would pay, like, $7 a ticket for, like, premium uh, Marvel, you know, Disney content. So... It wasn't, yep. and we had a reserved seat. We knew exactly where we were sitting. We knew where the perfect seats were. We had dialed it. We had tried enough oh, different seating arrangements that we knew the the best spots. Um, and then, like you said, like a double pour, a Macallan scotch for like 15 bucks. Done deal. It's a perfect day. Perfect afternoon. Perfect afternoon. We should run it back. COVID kind of killed what? that condition, but yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we saw everything right away. Bring that back. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, how about this? Kaleidoscope. It's coming to Netflix with an eight-episode season. And the interesting part about this show is that the episodes can be watched in any order. Yeah, they're supposed to be watched in, in whatever random order. They're not labeled episode one, two, three. They're episode pink, green, blue. Um, it is a heist movie. It's pretty big budget. It has, like, definitely, I, I'm not going to go through the list, but it's got some actors you, you'll have heard of. Um, and, yeah, it's this heist movie that's kind of set over the course of like 25 years. And apparently you can watch them in any order and you're encouraged to do that. And it will sort of change your, obviously it will change your experience with it, but it sort of changes the story. So it's not exactly like a choose your own story because you don't know what you're doing. You're just randomly picking episodes, but 
I mean, what a cool idea. If this thing works, like that's that's super awesome. That this will be like the coolest thing since that Black Mirror episode that was like choose your own adventure. Well, take take all that out. You had Eric at Heist, I think. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah. Just they would have just put out a good Netflix Heist been pumped. Right. Yeah. So this is a big serious kaleidoscope. I'm, I'm, dude. I'm on it. JC three. It reminds Although me I'm of the witch- time. Um, it it reminds me of the time that I watched the Inside Man Most Wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Inside Man Two Most Wanted. <laughs> <laughs> we that give was... we give Eric this hot wreck. Like, dude, you gotta watch Inside Man. It's like kind of this classic movie. And um, you're like Denzel's in it, and I was like. I was like 80% of the way in, and I'm like, man, they really leaving Denzel for the end. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't you pay for it, too? Wasn't it like yeah, three like, bucks? Yeah. <laughs> three bucks or something to rent the wrong inside man. That had like, it was like a straight to DVD. It's, you're like a grandma in the 90s that got their grandkid, a, like a game kid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, good work, dude. All right, guys. Um, what about uh, Hot Rex and Hot Rex? The only place we could possibly start this week is with the finale for... What a ride. What a ride. What a beautiful ride this was. Um, I'm just going to start out going hot here. Best thing that Disney Plus has ever done. Sure. Totally agree. With, with Loki, I think, being a, a second, but may, maybe a distant second. Like, yeah. I thought... Loki was wonderful, and I thought this, like, was way better. Like, I thought this was must-watch television, and I think that this is one of the best things that Disney has done in in some time, and I think it is my favorite thing that Star Wars has ever done, and I think that's about as high of praise as I can give for this show. I really wanted to like everything else I've watched this year more, and I'm not sure that I liked anything more than I liked Andor. The 12 episodes seemed perfect. It never felt goofy. Like a lot of these Disney plus shows tend to skew. Mm -hmm. And I thought that the acting, the writing, the directing, the sets, the costumes, everything about this was about as good as it can be done on television. Well, Mm -hmm. and what was the, what was the best part about this, Eric, in the sense that um, there wasn't a single lightsaber. I don't think Mm -hmm. there wasn't a single Jedi. No, no, no magic. That we know of. It was just this horrible entity in the Empire. Um, I I wouldn't say they were rising to power. It seems like they're squeezing the life out of everything in the galaxy at this point. Right. Yeah, they're like like putting a stranglehold on everyone with the amount of power that they're just... And Mm -hmm. then... Uh, in the in the juxtaposition of that, you have this, you know, for everything that like Ryan Johnson tried to talk about in The Last Jedi with the spark this and, you know, that's all it takes. I think this is really shows how, you know, degraded people were under the thumb of the Empire that the the desperation and the things that they were willing to do that like, you know, especially Cassian, who, um, you know, we obviously know he makes it to Rogue One, the film. Mm-hmm. But, like, seeing the shit that he goes through, like, it's not even... They tried to do this with Han Solo, of like, oh, he's in prison, and he's got this thing, and he had to do his military service. That doesn't feel anywhere near as real as what mm-hmm. Cassian was going through. And so props to Tony Gilroy and his team for just... We've, we've talked about this a hundred times. Making this feel like a real-life thing that could have happened, and this story could have been plopped into any set, any type of story that you wanted... This just happens to be in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. And just, you know, specifically about the finale, um, they just did such a good job. You know, a lot of times like a show that is making a lot of sense and it seems to be very grounded in reality feels like they need to do something different for the finale. They need to make get somehow illogically bring all these characters to the same place 
and then have it big, big bang. you know big, big bang yeah you know boba fett has to ride the fucking rag ragnor whatever the hell it might be okay with this they did get all the characters in one place but it made sense why all of them were there you know and all of them were mixed up so just really brilliant writing i think number 1 we look at the writing team and number 2 the the direction right of just wow let's like actually make sure that this looks real and feels real so Dude, I'm psyched on it. I'm bummed that it's over. We're going to get another one more season of 12 episodes that's going to take us from this point to the beginning of Rogue One. Um, we'll probably get K2SO in there at some point. That'll be fine. I heard that the next season starts four years after this. Oh, really? So there's the time jump there, and then you get a year leading up to Rogue One? Something okay. like that. Whatever, so it's man. Like it's good. Right I, I do whatever they want to do, do it. Um, I'm a little bummed we're not going to get maybe three seasons, but... It'll be two great seasons, I have no doubt. So I thought that the Fiona Shaw speech in this was an all-timer. Yeah. Like, it was like a call to everyone in the world. It felt so real to the world in 2022. It felt like a, a battle cry against nationalism and racism and fascism and, you know, uh, people who are oppressed all over our world. And I thought that was beautiful and timely and important. I found myself like so excited and, you know, passionate feeling about this speech that she gave and like the fight in these people. I felt their struggle, um, even though they're aliens from another planet, pretty much, you know, Mm -hmm. like this show was so beautiful. The acting was as good as it gets. And I think that just their idea of what life was like for everybody else in the empire who weren't even important enough to have stormtroopers really show up usually or mm-hmm. to have Darth Vader show up or to have a Jedi part of this. They weren't even thinking about those things. They were like, how can we just continue living our life how we want to? How can we yeah. work our jobs? How can we feed ourselves? How can we like mourn the death of our loved ones? Like they were just longing for like the most basic things and everything had been taken from them and everything was being taken from them. And like, I thought that they did such a beautiful job of showing their struggle and their, their feelings and their emotions. I thought this was a masterpiece, like one of the real pleasant surprises of the year. We expected good things, but I think after a very disappointing Obi-Wan show, um, people were feeling a little iffy about these Disney star Wars shows. And then this one, absolutely blew the roof off of disney plus well we were we were so and it's not jimbo's fault i think everyone was very excited for you know obi-wan the tv show like let's explore a little bit of this and and you know dig a little bit deeper into that time that's unknown and it just fell flat like it was just some of it some of the some of the plot lines were fine but like the execution was just off and bizarre and and uninspired and this television show which i think if we reversed them right this was the one where we had maybe some of the lowest expectations for um similarly to what happened with solo where we were like well we know the outcome so like what are the stakes well they did an amazing job of making the stakes feel bigger than anything else as eric said that star wars has done in a long time and um it just sucks that uh, someone who was kind of cast aside like Tony Gilroy and they were like, well, we're going to do this Andor show. And like they they did the Amazon 
job of promoting this thing. And if mm-hmm. Disney is like, oh, we knew all along this is going to be great, they're full of fucking shit because they did not promote Andor the way they did Obi-Wan and having mm-hmm. all these people front and center. Diego Luna only was pulled on to like Jimmy Kimmel after like episode six. So like, don't give me this. Like we knew it was going to yeah. be a great show all along. So anyway, that's fair. That's fair. And you know, the reason we were so excited about for Kenobi and I was specifically was because I thought this is the one that they're going to take so seriously that they know they can't fuck up that it's going to be the best of them. Cause I'm like, they wouldn't ever make a trash show with getting you and McGregor back. Well, they did. And I guess, you know, Disney doesn't have as much control over it as they think they do. Sometimes you kind of catch lightning in a bottle and that's what they did with Andor. So everyone's performance I thought was incredible in the show. Like I never thought there was a moment where like, I was like, Oh, that acting really took me out of this. Mm -hmm. Like from the people who were working at the front desk to background characters, I thought this was about as good as it gets. What, um, actor do you think stole the show the most? Uh, uh, Luthen. Well, I think. I think he was great, but, you know, I think we wouldn't expect much else well, from Stellan Stellan Skarsgård. But I think Deidre really kind of brought the house down as, like, the whatever Imperial investigator. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, there's a term for what their group is called. I, it slips my mind at this point in time. But I thought she absolutely slayed. And then I would say Andy Serkis coming off the bench hot Mm -hmm. for two of the final three episodes was just impeccable i thought he really showed his chops and man oh man was he great yep i thought uh other ones worth mentioning were definitely genevieve o'reilly's mon mothma i thought she was awesome i know yeah every scene she was in i could feel like her emotions on the screen like at the beginning of this last episode she's in the car and she's like unbuttoning her her like tight like collar and like she's like being you know she's like metaphorically feeling like she's so like suffocating well that was that was definitely like a a a force choke uh you know nod in that regard right um, and then I also thought Fiona Shaw as Marva Andor was awesome too. I thought she was so great. She's a classic, you know, British actress who has been in everything. And it was a great get for her to play that role. And I thought it brought some like real depth to um, Cassian's character as well. Like I oh, thought she, yeah. she really built that character up with her performance. And I thought that that was great. So we loved it. Um, it's going to be up for the Nordy for sure. For show of the year, it's going to be one of the front runners, I believe. And I uh, can't wait for, for season two. It's going to be one of when, when they announce when season two is coming out, it will definitely be like one of our, if not the most anticipated show of the year. Well, I think yep. we announced, I think we talked about it last week. They just started filming season two. Oh, couldn't, ha- couldn't get here sooner. Could be the end of 2023. Could be. Oh, uh, Oh my gosh, that would be too good. All right, um, how about this? Uh, Jim, you also watched Wednesday on Netflix. I did. So this show's been getting a ton of attention. Have you guys heard about this thing? It's uh, yeah. heard it about it? some seen? sort of a, uh, a viewership, like, hours record for Netflix. It was like, yeah, people crushed it, like, as fast as they had Stranger Things for. So um, I thought I'd check it out. It's Tim Burton, who hasn't done anything good since Big Fish, maybe? Um, but I mean, I, I loved his like Batman movies and stuff. So I thought, Hey, let's give this a try. It's, it's definitely entertaining. Eric, you know how you watch like a lot of Sabrina and then before, before we quit, yeah, we fell off. This is like that, but a little bit better. Um, a little bit more creative, more going on, you know, eventually Wednesday goes to this, like, you know, gifted school for outcasts 
And then you kind of get these, like, it's almost like the houses in Harry Potter. So it'll feel a little bit like the first season of Harry Potter, but more grown up, but not too grown up. It's definitely still kind of a teenage show, teenage girl star, you know, boy problems, some of that stuff going on. But it's, you know, Adam's family, so it's funny. Um, I liked it. I'm going to keep watching it. I am not a teenage girl, but I think that that group would really love it. And I, I liked it, too. So it is a wreck. Um, it's really well done. The CG is great. There's, um, you know, for it being like a little bit younger subject matter, like the CG and the like deaths and stuff are very graphic and very scary and very cool. So I don't know. I don't know what rating this thing has. Probably has like a like a T for teen, I guess. But some of the shit definitely looked M mature. So, um, dude, I'm into the show. I'm going to keep watching it. I like it. It's not the best, but it's definitely a lot better than anybody would have expected. All right, what about the Atlanta series finale? Yeah, I mean, it was a good episode. Um, The show doesn't really try to be traditional, so it's not like we need to break down giant things that happened at the end of the season. Um, It's easier more to just reflect on the whole show as amazing, sometimes disappointing, sometimes um, probably overall disappointing, considering the first season was like, is this going to be one of the greatest shows ever? And then people kind of stopped watching it. Um, Donald Glover himself maybe seems to have lost interest, taking long periods of time between seasons and then just wrapping it up. But, you know, it's a good show. It had some great moments. Um, there'll be its, its place in history for it, but it is over. All right. And uh, you, Jimmy Channels, you watched yes. everything. You've watched everything. Uh, you also went and saw Black Panther. Yeah, I did. I went and saw it in theaters. Um, I really liked it. I really liked it. I think it is very comparable to the first movie. Uh, maybe Killmonger is a little bit better of a villain than Namor, but I liked Namor. I thought he stole the show. He, I liked all the ocean people. Like, everything that's, like, been cheesy about, like, you know, Atlantis and these ocean race that you got in Aquaman. Uh, the DC in Aquaman, right? They, like, nailed it here. Like, it, it, it had a believable backstory, um, they had like a culture that made sense. They had like a leadership structure that made sense. They had some motivations that made sense. I liked it. I liked all of that. Um, I think that they, you know, you don't see Black Panther as a character until the final act of the movie, which I think is a bit of a problem. Um, and then the, maybe the only other thing I can detract from it is that, you know, you expect to have a lot of emotion in this movie, uh, as it's going to cover the death of Black Panther. To King T'Challa to mirror the real life death of Chadwick Boseman. Um, But it doesn't really stop there. It just seems like every other scene, if if it's not a scene about like an action scene, it's a scene of like people crying and being so emotional. And I just feel like that maybe wore on me a little bit. So by the time the end of the movie is coming along, when you're supposed to be getting these, you know, the real emotional climaxes of the movie, I'm kind of worn out. And I'm like, oh my God, I think this actress has had to cry eight times in this movie so far. Um, it kind of wears on you a little bit, maybe, uh, could have maybe been more sparse with that. And it's a little long, but dude, some great scenes. And I really, really loved like this, like the strong female cast. I thought they did an awesome job. There isn't a lot of male characters in the movie at all. Um, and it's great. It's, it's really good. It's definitely above average Marvel. I think it's probably maybe the second or third best in this phase for Marvel. Um, and it, you know, it, it kind of leaned like, if, if Thor Ragnarok is on one side of like, or even just the newer one, right? Love and Thunder. If that's the silliest movie that Marvel's ever made, this seems to be the most 
deadly serious, <laughs> you know, just all emotion. So you got to find a little bit of a middle ground there, but it's a great movie. I think you guys will like it. I'm excited for you guys to see it. Um, I think I, what did I tell you the other day? 83? Yeah. 83. Not bad. Not bad. It's a good movie. Good acting. Just a big overacting. Big lot of like heavy lifting. Did you say met expectations, failed to meet expectations, or exceeded expectations? I'd say I'd say um, met or exceeded. I didn't have the highest hopes for this movie. Um, yeah, I think that it exceeded expectations, even at you know an eighty three. All right, good stuff. All right, guys. Well, it's time to move on to our latest uh, segment, three watch. All right, and this week we are on the Coen Brothers classic the big lebowski classic. a movie i feel like everyone in the world has seen and i feel like no one has seen recently uh, that's probably on, fair definitely i gotta stretch to out i gotta loosen up for this uh, yeah get limber so this is a 1998 film by the coen brothers um you know we really enjoyed fargo which i believe was their movie right before the big lebowski i can look that up for us um i think so but yeah i mean they're hot making these really weird movies at this point in time uh, and The Big Lebowski is no different. Uh, if anything, I would say it's kind of like, um, uh, it was kind of like Boogie Nights, maybe, if I had to make a comparison yeah. to something. Um, and I think, like, what I'm noticing about these movies, going through, like, 90s classics, which we've kind of been doing here, is when I'm watching them, they feel dated, right? Because they are dated. The, these movies are 25 years old or, or older in some of these ones. And so like, there's problems for me with just like connecting to the time period sometimes. But what I find myself no- thinking like the whole time I'm watching this is about all of the movies that ripped these movies off or all of the for movies sure. that we like, mm-hmm. all of the movies that we like now that took from these movies or like, idolized these these directors you know and like made their own versions of these stories like uh another movie i found myself thinking of a lot during the big lebowski was the nice guys yeah i was like oh One my gosh favorites. this yeah the nice guys this is yeah. literally the nice guys it just uh you know it is i mean both quintessential la movies too right yeah and so I, I do. I did really find myself thinking, like, "Oh my gosh, everybody ripped off Big Lebowski." Well, and then let me. Crazy. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go in the other direction, Eric. Being a little bit older than you guys, I also hearken back to the time of um, the movie like Fletch, like with Chevy Chase. So like mm-hmm. the crime comedy from that that era of like the mid to late 80s i feel like the coen brothers took a lot of inspiration from and i feel like mm-hmm. i can i can see chevy chase delivering lines similarly to way like the ways that like some of the people do in the big lebowski and i feel like it, exactly what you're saying i feel like you can feel these through lines of these like quote unquote like silly crime comedy you know comedic with some serious overtones but it's really just goofy movies that have kind of spanned the test of the last 40 years. Yeah, absolutely. So this movie is, I don't know, kind of loaded cast, right? Like there was a oh, lot yeah. of, a lot of big names in this. A lot of people obviously not, interested. Not kind in of loaded, very loaded, especially in retrospect. Right. When you look at like what Philip Seymour Hoffman became or Julianne Moore became, or um, I was kind of wondering, like was, was just a tiny character in it. And was Philip Seymour Hoffman, not a big actor at that point. No, he was like doing um, more like comedic relief stuff. Like he was in the Jackal, I think. Quick, you know, he had like he. Remember when he? What was that movie he started? I don't know. He was doing like shitty comedy stuff. I think. Well, he did PTA. He did Boogie Nights, and then um, yeah, 
Then he did the villain in Mission Impossible 3. And that's, I think, where things started to really kind of take off for him. And then the master was yeah. up next. Yeah, so... Do you need me to list the cast, Eric? I can do it without looking it up. Yeah, do it. Hit, hit us with some of them. I mean, Julianne I mean, Moore, John Goodman, Jeff Bridges, obviously. Um, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, mm-hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Tara Reid. Tara Reid, yeah. Flea. 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 He's a nihilist. The guy that was in Fargo that the that Peter Stormare. Talk, I forget yep. his name. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the cast was phenomenal in this. Now, yeah. I would say that my like theme I keep coming back to with a lot of these 90s movies is like um, the stories feel simple. And I think that like there's obviously some beauty to that. And that's part of the reason that people enjoy these movies so much. But I find myself kind of like longing for deeper stories at some points when watching 90s movies. Maybe I felt that way a little bit with Seven, and I think that's why it's probably been my favorite of the rewatch movies so far. Um, but I had fond memories of The Big Lebowski, and I thought it mostly met my really high expectations of a rewatch. Yeah. I think, you know, when you watch this movie the first couple times, a couple of those big surprising moments, I mean, there's such iconic, hilarious moments when, you know, John Goodman or Walter, he... I've seen Spinals before, dude, this guy, and he picks up the big Lebowski guy and drops him. I mean, like, or, you know, obviously the tin can of this the guy could walk. Yeah. This guy could fucking walk. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like those moments were so funny um, that I just, I, I think that, you know, comedy is right. You know, what's coming and a lot of what's funny is when it's surprising and, uh, so oh, John, this is John Turturro. Always hit his heart. Yeah. John Turturro is another one we forgot. The Jesus. I can't believe we forgot that oh, one. Oh, the Jesus. One of the greatest small part characters of all time. So many memorable, just quirky moments in this. Is this, um, is this, I will ask you guys this. Is this the most, for people that have seen it, that are kind mm-hmm. of in our bracket of, you know, Gen H. Z, millennial, you know, crossover is this the most quotable movie to anyone in our age group where you could throw a line out and they probably yeah. know what it is? I, th- I think it was. And I was watching it as such. Um, I was watching it like, damn, another movie that and, uh, just so many lines, even throwaway lines that I just find myself using. Like an Eagles song comes on and I'm just like, I hate the fucking Eagles, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, just dumb stuff. Dude, I found myself not listening. I don't like the Eagles when it comes on like a classic rock station because of this fucking movie. I know. I used to like the Eagles. Um, I mean, like, how about Jackie? Tre- how about like when Jackie Treehorn like takes the call, and then yeah. like the dude's like, "Dude, I'm gonna like, okay, do some some spy shit," and he just scratches the pad that, that Jackie had been writing. It's just like a bad drawing of like a dude with a boner. Yeah. I mean, I, what, what was his comment that he kept saying to people when they'd ask him about it, and he'd be like, "You know, there's like a lot of layers, or there's yeah, a lot of like, you know, he's so dumb, and like." It, one of the things that kept going was you'd have him listen to a character like the dude. And then later he would try to like use that same verbiage, whether it was like, you know, he, he hears Bush on the TV. He's like, this aggression will not stand, man. He's like trying yeah. to do it the and par- in the parlance like, of our time in the parlance. Yeah. I mean, he kept doing that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's just a classic fucking movie. Well, And just even, I think, I think the Coen brothers thought of every detail in this, like yeah. from a comedic standpoint, um, like the nihilists come in while he's taking the bath and, you know, he, he eventually gets out and he's sitting on the toilet and he, 
picks up the bowling ball. The guy picks up the bowling ball. He goes, what is this Lebowski? And he goes, obviously you're not a golfer, but he's holding yeah. a bowling ball. And like that, I mean, that throwaway line is fucking hilarious. And then like when he's like hammering the wood into the floor, like the two by four to put the chair in the door handle. And then someone opens it the other, the other way like that. You don't see that coming. And that shit is stupid. And then later he walks in and trips on the board. Trips on it. Put... Like it just kept, it was the comedy that kept on giving. I thought this movie, I thought they thought of so many great, just dumb, but like it kept coming back into play and being funny every time. There's a lot of, you know, the soundtrack's really iconic too. And there's a lot of cool things like, um, they, there's never any music you hear, they'll show the source of, right. There's no real soundtrack to it. There's, it's always on a radio or a record player. Um, you know, like when he goes in the convenience store, you hear it playing over the speakers. And then like another cool thing is like in, you know, this is kind of like an LA noir movie, but like light and goofy. And in those movies, they technically don't have any scenes without the detective or main character. And there's no scenes without the dude. Um, the only one you could maybe think of that, that doesn't have the dude in it is when you see those people in the, the nihilist in the diner. And if you look out the window there, um, Walter and the dude are driving by, (laughs) or like when you see bunny driving, um, remember how she drove by the dude and then they zoomed into her. So like, they're really like following some cool rules and some like details you wouldn't notice. Uh, they really did think of a lot of cool stuff with this. Well, and then let's, let's go one layer deeper. And this is a this is a crazy conspiracy theory type of type of um, I don't know if it's a take. I don't know if it's a Reddit thread from 10 years ago, but Mm -hmm. there are people that believe that Walter isn't real Mm. because very few people interact with him um, in the in the movie. The only person that interacts with Donnie is the dude and Walter and so right. there are some theories, and I can't help myself when I'm watching this now, to think that Walter is an alter ego of the dude, and there's another layer to it in that the alter ego of the dude, Walter, has a, a friend named Donnie. And so the mm. dude interacts with all of them, but you just happen to see all of them on camera at the same time. Because um, the, only, the only time the dude talks to Donnie is when he says, phone's ringing, dude, and he says, thank you, Donnie. But you don't actually see Donnie say that because they're outside of the parking lot and it's way high. So wow. it's kind of there weird. is some weird stuff going on, too, because um, they never show like you see Donnie bowl multiple times. In fact, the only time you see Donnie bowl when he doesn't get a strike is right before he dies. Yep. And he's rubbing his arm like, what the hell? Why didn't I get a strike? And that's because he's going to have a heart attack in the next scene. So that's interesting. Um but you never see the dude roll. You never once see him bowl. And that just felt weird, too. So there's definitely something to that. Um, you know, maybe he, he when he rolls, he's, like, using his his Walter ego because that's better. Dude, you just cracked his it. His Walter ego. His Walter ego. You got to be kidding me. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Um, I also, now it all is really quick. I, I, I thought it was really funny. I think I just want to talk about a couple of my favorite scenes. One was when the dude called Walter to pick him up to go drop off the money and he picks him up mm-hmm. and out and you barely see it, but there's a sign that says soap check security yep. on the sign above him in the mini mall when he picks him up and he's got the ringer. Um, yeah. my undies, my whites, <laughs> dirty undies yeah. like that shit is so funny. And he's like, all right, dude, take the wheel. 
place like what? It's like I roll out at I roll out at fifteen MPH. I grab one of them and beat it out of them. Let's take the hill. Like that shit is so fucking funny. Um, when he kept like Walter is the funniest part of the movie. I think like when he keeps sure. bringing up Nam in every situation. Um, that was so good. You know the funny thing about that the Sobiac security is that his uniforms say SS, which is like you know a Nazi thing, but he's supposed to be this like jewish guy all of a sudden you know i don't when know he's like uh so you can't weird. you can't do that to Smokey. he's a pacifist he goes huh i did not know that he's like uh i myself <laughs> dabbled in pacifism once not nom of course like that yeah. <laughs> just absolutely fucking banger lines um all right i've I'm, i could go on about this i could do an entire podcast about this so let's let's we really forward. could we could do a whole series all right let's uh let's um get of our rankings okay. i'll go first i'll go first yeah um I liked this movie better than I liked Fargo. Uh, so far, it's my favorite movie of this round. I have a feeling I'm going to like it less than you guys did, but I did like this movie. Okay. I'm going to give it 86. It's pretty strong. Uh, Ryan, do you um, want to yep. next? This movie, it's the Coen Brothers' best movie. It's a 99. Oh, let's fucking go, dude. Oh, it's Ryan. a 99. It's a 99. It's not close. I tried to find flaws in it. I, try, I looked at okay. it. I, I tried to watch it with a critical eye. I tried to, like, pick out things that didn't make sense. It's a, it's, it's a perfect movie. It's a 99. I love that, Ryan. You're my hero today. Uh, you win today. I'm going to give it a 95. I love the movie so much. Um, really can't find anything wrong with it. The ending is a little bit underwhelming in that, like, it just sort of ends and goes back to, you know, they have, like, a death at the end, so there's that. But then it's just, like, he's... And that's kind of ironic, right? Like, this big adventure, and he's just, like, literally back in the fucking bowling alley doing nothing with his life. So, yeah, I get it. Um, That would maybe be my only knock, is it's, like, you don't exactly know when it's going to end, but, dude, it is a a fantastic movie. And, Ryan, I'm going to send you your gift basket. You just give me the address. That sounds good. This movie is 93 average for us. That's low. That's low. One of our best. No, no. That's what you want to what the, you know what the rating is on Rotten Tomatoes? It's a 90. There you go. Finger on the pulse right there. Um, no, I, I think that this is one of our highest rated movies of the whole at this point. And mm-hmm. I think um, up next we have uh, Denis Sicario. Um, can also it, can a Ryan perfect movie. So yeah, this round is just. Well, well good right thing up. you lost your 100. You didn't get 100. It's, so you <laughs> so I've I've so far rated two things in six years on this podcast at a ninety nine coffee and the Big Lebowski. God, wow. they're both so perfect. Did you, did you have feelings for the Big Lebowski before watching it? This rewatch? Did I have what? I, I mean, did he have those feelings towards the Big Lebowski before this rewatch? I mean, so there it, it um. If you take a step back, like normally I just watch the Big Lebowski for fun, right? You've had a couple drinks or, you know, whatever it's on TV. Yeah. Let's throw You've it seen on it times bits and pieces. Yeah. But then I, I wanted to watch this movie and I wanted to take it very seriously. And I wanted to like try and focus on things that I hadn't before and wanted. And within five minutes, I was right back into like, oh, my God, this movie's fucking awesome. Like it was just mm-hmm. it was it's a, a warm blanket on a dreary day that you can turn on at any point in time. And it doesn't matter what kind of mood you're in. It's going to perk you up. You realize that the dude is a bumbling moron, but he actually is redeemable. He fucking figures this shit out. Walter has a big heart, but he's a kind of an asshole. And then he does the <laughs> calmer than you are like, it just yeah. <laughs> it's such a perfect, it's such you. a perfectly written 
film that it's mm-hmm. hard to find flaws. Love it. And I Ryan, I, I know that you are, you remember every line from every movie. So I'm sure that you have used many, many, many of these in your day. So that was awesome. Calm I can't, I can't wait for Sicario. I've only seen it once. So I've never seen Sicario. So here we go. Um, so let's just, um, I don't, it's, it's a big change in direction from something that the big Lebowski is to like real world drug uh busting dea cia like this is it's not it's not it's not gory it's not gory eric in the i mean there there's a few pieces but it's not in like the this is the real world of like drug cartels there's a few things but like it's not a fun movie like the big lebowski is incredibly tried and true fun movie but this is like a well done like crime documentary that is tough at times can't wait can't wait the three watch has been a lot of fun it's been electric it's better every time we do one of these rewatch segments they keep somehow improving like where it keeps Mm -hmm. getting better and better and like i thought doing christopher nolan was going to be the mountaintop it's not the three watch is better and it's not close (laughs) hopefully people are enjoying it with us this week you should watch sicario uh, if you miss Big Lebowski, you can go back and check it out, especially after Ryan gave it a 90. To 99. Um, but otherwise, guys, that's all the time we have this week on the Northeast Podcast. Go back, check out our sports cast. The Vikings get back on track. The Gophers kept the axe. We talked World Cup. We mourned about the Timberwolves, but tried to be hopeful. It was a great episode, so go back and check that out. Otherwise, thanks for hanging out this week with your good friends here at the Northeast Podcast.